Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, Mel. Good. What, what is it? Good. <laughs> wow, you just good. buffered. <laughs> good. What is good? <laughs> good Can everything. I it it, good evening. Good evening, Mel. We are in the evening, and might I say it's been a, a quite a nice day today here. I yeah, it's been it quite sunny been. all day. Yeah, it was sunny in Edinburgh as we well. We're much murderer, and we are the podcast that have had no sunshine. Yeah, in this country. Welcome to Scotland. And the last two years has been brilliant. It has actually, and this year so far has been complete pants. The first year of lockdown, I can remember sitting out in April and getting a wicked tan. Yeah, I, I remember sitting out loads. Yeah, like all throughout that summer as well, like the spring yeah. into the summer. Last year was good too. This year has been utterly pants. Oh, it's absolute shit, which makes me so glad I haven't had that many yeah. camping trips. Yeah. yeah. And it doesn't help that my Facebook memories come up. This time last year, and there's like, uh-huh. we're out in the sun, paddling pools it out, kids are playing with water guns, and it's like, oh. I can't believe this is July. I'm literally going to sleep in hoodies. I know. And it's like, freezing. we put on like our thin blanket, a thin quilt last night, and I nearly cried. Yeah. I was like, I can't handle this. I'm not ready for this. I'm still in like fleecy jammies and stuff. Yeah. Yep. It's ridiculous. However, in the last week or so, the temperature hasn't been too bad and it's been dry, but we just keep getting these bursts of these like crazy showers. I know. Scotland so, is like just the wettest place on earth. But fingers crossed, weather's going to take a turn. Well, and we're going we'll to spin for tropical sunshine. Yeah, I'd be happy with just sunshine. It doesn't have to be mm-hmm. tropical, just sunshine would be yeah. nice. I will take that. Yes. So what, we, what are we doing? Uh, we are talking about Angel of Death Murders. And this was a suggestion as she hurriedly looks at her spreadsheet and not having had it ready by the lovely Cheryl on Facebook again. Oh, thanks, Cheryl, again. Thank you, Cheryl on Facebook. Two weeks in a row. Look at you go. And I just want to... Sh- I'm not going to shout out anyone in particular this week. I'm just going to shout out all the Facebook posts and memes, which I've oh, been loving. Yeah. I love the fact that the Facebook group has become this little lit community. Yeah, it's nice. It's this nice. little chit chat between basically anyone that wants to post something and then loads of people comment on it. It's lovely. Yeah, it's really nice. There's always funny memes or a funny story or a little life announcement. Yeah. Or whatever else. And it's always so cool that everyone sort of gets involved in chats. About yeah, it. everybody's super nice on there. So I like so, that. Keep it up. Thank you so much because it is really cool. And we all feel that we're getting to know each other. Indeed. Even though we all live miles away from each other. 
Very many it miles. Got a proper little thing. A few going. motions. Uh, so thank you to everyone. Yes, and I was going to shout out Gary, my other half, who has decided that he is now listening to the podcast, Woo! which had me a little worried. I'm like, what have I said about him? <laughs> so is he? Is he? Just listen to current episodes or he's gone back? No, he's gone back. So he's com- he's finished all of them. He's up to date. So from season four up to this week, he's oh, listened. cool. Yeah. Thanks, Gary. And hello. Thanks, Gary. Keep listening. Yes. Dave is, was an avid listener at the start. Has he trailed off? He's trailed off. And he now only seems to listen if he's like traveling with work, which isn't very often now. Yeah. And the last time he told me he was now on to episodes this year. Oh, well, that's good. He's quite behind. Month seven, Dave. Uh Aha. So obviously on our honeymoon, he will be listening to our podcast every day. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what? Just make him download them all and then play them on the airplane when you go on your honeymoon. Yeah. I mean, how romantic. I know. You can either hear my voice or you can listen to my voice. Exactly. Do you love me or don't you? Prove it. (laughs) But yes, I'm sure he'll catch up at some point. He does do little binges now and again. Yeah. But I love his, like, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll listen to an episode and he'll say, yeah, I really enjoyed it, but, and there'll be a wee bit of constructive criticism Oh my in God, yeah. I get that too. And I'm like, how very dare you? How dare you? I mean, I mean, how could you? Uh-huh. And then I, I pretend that I'm really offended, but actually sometimes he has a point. I know. Sometimes he's just been like. Pedantic. Completely unreasonable, yeah. But yeah. sometimes I'm like, okay, I'll take that on board and, you know, whatever. Uh-huh. Cheers, love. Cheers. But yes, and. One of my workmates, actually, who I would not expect to listen, came into my office the other day and said, I listened to your podcast. Isn't that disturbing? Oh, do you get happy? I get really worried. I'm like, oh my God, what did they think? No, because I think it's the subject sometimes that really draws people in. Yeah. And the one we did about murder solved by dogs. Oh, right. And my colleagues like big into dogs. Ah. And she's like, I see it. I see it coming up on your Facebook every week. And I always think, I'm going to listen. But then when I seen that, I thought I'm going to listen. She went, and I really enjoyed it. Okay. Oh, so I'm going to go back and listen to some more. And I was like, oh, cool. Aww. Because some of my workmates talk about it, but I don't really talk about it a lot at work. Yeah, I don't know. Because I'm like, obviously it's separate from, from what I do at work. Yeah. And then sometimes when it is mentioned, you'll hear someone pipe up, do you do a podcast? And I'll go, well, yeah, I do podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> and then we have a laugh about it. So it's like each time it's we have a conversation about it and work, someone new finds out about it, which is good as well. Yeah. So thanks to everyone for listening. And I've heard of loads of new listeners recently, which is good. Yeah, that's really cool. Really cool. Yes. Keep the suggestions coming. We have got millions in the can, which is awesome. But we'd still love more. Oh, no, definitely give us more because we don't ever want to have to work for that. And it's great because genuinely subjects come up. I would never think about, which is awesome. My brain's not working anymore. Like it legitimately is not. I was saying this to my friend on the weekend when we were walking. I'm like, I cannot have an entire sentence conversation without forgetting one of the words. I can't remember place names, people names. I can't. I think we're at a dangerous age, my life. We're at a very dangerous age. Uh Yeah. I don't like it. I mean, I want to say it's all positive from here, but I don't think it is. No, I don't think it is either. <laughs> Trying to keep my positive hat on and not say it's all downhill from here, love. Yeah, <laughs> Especially yeah. since you are that bit older than me. Oh, we were born the same year. Uh, <clears throat> actually, I can prove right now, because age. I actually have a photo of your passport now, so I can just... Oh my God! And I, and I sent you my new passport with my new name. Yeah. And I'll, I only sent you like a tiny like snippet of the picture because the picture is horrific we all knew it was because you wouldn't send the picture oh my god it's so bad is it why don't they like even like i look like i look like i've committed a crime i do amazing and i'm like 
it's just like because you've got to look so stern in it and you're I not know. allowed to like even do half a teeny tiny smile i know hilarious but anyway yes I'm, I'm sure if anyone wants to share their passport pictures online well why don't we do that we'll all the passport images group yes we can do that but please just void out the information so you don't get like oh yeah yeah your identity stolen yeah we shouldn't do that maybe we shouldn't i don't know but yes angel of death this is a really good subject and it i is. knew who i was doing straight away yes and i was praying that it hadn't been covered I thought it had been covered. And then I checked and checked and checked. And I'm like, yes, it hasn't. And then I told you and you're like, we've covered that. And I went, no, you haven't. How bizarre is that? Na, 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 na. I know, I know. <laughs> but I'm interested to hear yours because there was another one. I've just remembered her name. Oh, and I couldn't remember. Are you doing a she? Is it a she? It's a she. Because I was there was another one that I thought of straight away, but I couldn't remember anything about it. And I've just remembered. So what's yours? Mine is Kimberly Clark Fowler. No, that's not who I thought of. Which reminds me of Amy... Farrah Fowler from Big Bang Theory. Oh, I didn't. I've never watched that. <gasps> oh my god! Why are we friends? Okay, <laughs> I've asked that question a lot. <laughs> I know. Me too. Uh, all right. So Kimberly Clark Fowler was born November third, nineteen seventy three, in Fall River, Massachusetts. Which Massachusetts people? Please explain the spelling. Right. What? M a s s a c h u s e t t s. That's how you spell Massachusetts. Which doesn't even work out that way i don't no. know i don't I, I don't understand massachusetts it, it doesn't yeah it no, just doesn't i've never actually doesn't. thought about that before that's, that's why i'm weird. like what because it doesn't actually like i understand mississippi that yeah. makes sense yeah massachusetts makes no, zero sense no i could eat so she had an uneventful normal childhood until she moved to texas there she dropped out of high school in her senior year after becoming pregnant which oh. would have been in 83, late so 80s, senior year, early what 90s. age are you, like 17? Senior year, you're 17, 18, yeah. Yeah, you're older than here for senior year, aren't you? Because America seemed to, seem to start, it seems to, school goes on for quite a bit longer than here. Well, yeah, like grade 12, you're turning 18. Yeah, because you're yeah. only school at 16 here, but you can't do that in America, can you? No, grade 12 ends at 18. You're supposed to go till the end of grade 12. You don't get your... your Mm. graduation certificate until so she's 17 18 which is young but not dead young yeah exactly exactly she married the father mark signs and so they did the right thing well is Mm. it the right thing Mm. they got married and went on to have another child together so they ended up with two kids as the right thing it's judged it's not necessarily the right decision i mean getting married because you're pregnant is the worst thing you can do yeah well yeah it's one of the worst things you can do Mm mm-hmm Take it from somebody who's been married a lot. (laughs) So Kimberly suffered with addiction and this put a massive strain on the family. She ended up draining the finances in order to support her addiction. Addiction of what? Drugs? Drugs Immediately I thought drugs. All right, okay. But like prescription drugs. I thought it was like shopping. Oh no. (laughs) We don't have that problem. I'm Holly and we are shopping addicts. We do not have a problem. We have no problem. No, Gary, we don't have a problem. We don't have a problem, Gary. Actually, he was like, there's more packages here. I was like, okay. You have the cheek to come in here tonight and go, what are all these packages? I'm like, from the package queen. The pa- okay, but you have like 15 packages piled I up in the door. Four. And we are counting after this because there is more than four. There's four. There's also some on your table. Or five. <laughs> yes, there's two in the table, which is seven-ish. <laughs> Not 15 or 14. However, there's a wedding coming up and I'm ordering loads of last minute shit off Amazon. Uh-huh. And I'm trying to get organised for like school going back. None of it's mine. Okay. Actually, this time none of it is mine, which is really sad. The wedding is yours. <laughs> yes, that's true. 
like how you're just like none of it's mine to enjoy it's all for like guests oh right i was like you're not gonna enjoy your wedding you're just not helping yourself here all right talking now stop talking now Kimberly suffered with addiction, as I said, and she ended up draining the family finances in order to support her addiction and also stole from multiple employers. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. She was arrested multiple times for intoxication and criminal trespass okay. after domestic disputes with her husband. Oh. Kimberly was also a nurse and was routinely fired from nursing positions for stealing medications. Oh. She had a proper addiction, like she just couldn't yeah. stop herself. That sounds like dangerously out of control, doesn't it? Yeah. She would lie to each new employer, claiming she had no criminal history. When she applied for her final nursing position, she had actually been on bail. So none of them ever checked again? Uh-huh. Oh. Yeah, I mean, why would you check? Somebody is just going to be... What is the point in getting re- putting around references? What is the point? Do you know, the thing is, like, for me, in order to volunteer with the organization I do and work with children and work with people in vulnerable positions, yeah. I had to go through a massive criminal check. I don't understand why they don't do that. I know exactly. So in 2008, Kimberly was working in a clinic called the DeVita Lufkin Dialysis Center, located in a small blue collar East Texas town. By this time, Mark had tired of the constant fighting and had filed for divorce, which made her bitter and angry. Oh, as divorce does to people. As divorce does to people. I was going to say, like, I mean... If she accepted responsibility for her part in it, maybe she wouldn't feel so bitter and angry, but then maybe not. Maybe she thought, you know... Yeah, the bitter and angry people never accept responsibility. No, they don't. That's the thing. No, the they ones don't. that are quite happily to move on, i.e. us, yeah. you know, get on with it, but, you know, the other side doesn't, unfortunately. No, they do not. A letter... I want to say lots of swear words right now, but I won't. I know. I know. You're doing very well. A letter was sent anonymously to her center complaining of the highly unusual number of patients being transferred to hospital in April of 2008. The med crews, like the ambulance people who had transported the patients, stated that in two weeks they transported 16 patients and asked for an investigation to take place. So that's basically like, well, it's a little bit over more than one a day, which for like I work with a renal unit. Yeah. That would be really weird. Yeah. Yeah. They, it's a, those patients are in there day in day out they know their stuff the nurses yeah. know their stuff it is not that's not normal at it's all. not normal yeah. definitely not normal so how long before this was noticed uh well basically like it was in a one month period yeah okay it's still quite a while though yeah yeah mm. it is but i suppose if the different crews are working it might take them a while to compare notes so when investigators arrived and began looking into the facility, they were shocked to find that in the month prior, emergency crews had been called out 30 times, seven for cardiac problems, of which four had died, Ooh. which is insane. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely insane. In the 15 months prior to that, emergency crews had only been called out twice. And they've, they've been 30 times. Mm-hmm. In a month. They knew that this had to be down to human involvement, given like there are, there are such strict protocols in place. That is more than alarming. It's insane. Like that, there's no way that could not be noticed. Jesus, that's terrifying. Yeah. Like they, they, the protocols are so, so strict. Like they're the hygiene, that everything, because these people are so susceptible to infection, but also like the patients themselves, like they're tested, they're weighed to make sure that they're, you know, like the fluid output mm-hmm. and input is right. Like yeah. it's just, it's insane. So a number of eyewitnesses came forward claiming they saw Kimberly poisoning her patients. Oh. <gasps> 
When she showed up for work on the morning of the 28th of April, 2008, she was told she was no longer on the road to work as a nurse, but would simply be monitoring patients and doing some cleaning. So they're not letting her need anything no. now? Okay. She began crying and saying that job was beneath her. Later, two patients who had witnessed Kimberly pour bleach from a jug into a bucket and then draw a small amount into a syringe. Oh my God. They, um, bleach. Bleach. She, they said that she then injected it into their feed lines. If she had used more, would have caused cardiac arrest. So God, if you put that's so dangerous, so dangerous. If you put bleach into the body, it will cause yeah, a cardiac arrest. Exactly. Later analysis breaks down. Oh, I know. <gasps> Later analysis of their dialysis equipment backed up their statements, and it showed that that was true. So bleach, when injected into the body, eats through tissue and causes blood cells to burst. And that causes an overload of potassium in the blood system, which causes cardiac arrest. Oh, God. So, yeah. And if and it, it happens quickly. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It'll as soon happen as it's in your bloodstream and all, and all that kicks yeah, off, it's yeah, quick. Yeah, because yeah. it's immediate. Your blood cells yeah. are bursting yep. and potassium's all over. And then you just, mm. yeah, especially if you maybe have like a weaker system. Shit. But before everyone goes around killing people like that, it's easily traceable and yes, you will get exactly. caught. So don't do it. Otherwise, we would have done it ourselves. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> It is used to clean equipment, but never when in use on a patient. So they do use bleach on the equipment, but there's like a flushing protocol and everything like that. Yeah, it's it, very, very carefully monitored, isn't very, it? Yeah. yeah. Looking back at the records, investigators found that Kimberly had been working on 84% of the shifts when a patient suffered heart pain or cardiac arrest. Oh my God. She had been there for eight months mm. and the findings were enough for her to be fired. Obviously. Absolutely. Without doubt. Hell. That night, police were called to the science home where Mark was living as the couple had split. And so he was still in the house and she was banging on the door. She was clearly under the influence and admitted to taking Cymbalta, which is used to treat depression, anxiety and pain and drinking at the same time, mm. which is never a good combination. No, absolutely shouldn't, not. Shouldn't drink on your anxiety meds. Nope. She was arrested for public intoxication that day. After investigation at the center, Kimberly was arrested and charged with five murders and mm. five attempted murders. Oh my God. Her victims were Clara Strange, Thelma Metcalf, Garland Kelly, Cora Bryant, and Opal Few. Kimberly pled not guilty and she refused to take the stand. She just was like, nope, not doing it. How can you plead not guilty? Um, I don't know. <laughs> utter madness i don't know she's been witness putting bleach into I syringe know. i know oh. a lot of witnesses claimed she was a good caring woman and nothing like she had been made out to be in press so she was there were people who really liked her and said that she was really caring okay this was not enough to counter the evidence though and on march 31st 2012 a jury convicted kimberly for the crimes prosecutors had sought the death penalty but instead she was sentenced to five concurrent life terms with no parole for the murders and three mm. consecutive 20-year sentences for aggravated assault on the attempted. So she ain't getting out ever. No, I don't think so. District attorneys believe there were more victims, but they were only able to retrieve two weeks worth of the medical waste to examine for evidence. So Shit, of they, course, because it's disposed of quite quickly, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, so like it was... Yeah, it's just, dangerous, obviously, as well, yeah. Yeah, they weren't able to go... They were only able to get the two weeks worth of evidence, actual evidence. Can you imagine if they got more? I know. I mean, it could be more. It could be more people. Yes, I think so, definitely. Yeah. All of her appeals were denied, and I got this from Wikipedia and Killer Nurses by Jamie Parks, which was published July 4th, 2021, and it's a book. 
very interesting one. Thank Loved you. Loved it. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And we're back. We are back. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> You're so weird. You know how it's like, you know how like, Early on in season four, when when I was so excited to cover Jill Dando. Oh my god, you were so excited! And like, I, I really wouldn't like to go back and listen to that because I probably sounded like some sort of budgie. And, <laughs> like, oh! and I was obviously just starting off and quite yeah. nervous. But every once in a while, you get a subject and you think, "Oh my god, I really want to do this person." Uh-huh. So I've I've had that a good few times when I did Moors Murderers. Oh yeah, I did yeah, them. yeah. Did, have we done Fred West, or has that already been done? Fred and Rose West, I think, has been yeah, done. Yeah, you've been done. It's been done previously. Because I yeah. remember thinking, oh, I'd love to do that, but I think it has been done. Yeah, I think so. So straight away, when I, when we said when Cheryl suggested Angel of Death, I thought I'm doing Harold Shipman. Oh, uh, I don't know how big this is in the rest of the world, but it was massive here. He is one of the biggies. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think he's the most prolific here still. Possibly, but yes. Yeah, so I, I went straight in for Harold Shipman. So I'll go for it. Okay. Harold was born on the 14th of January 1946 in Nottingham in England. He had an older and younger sibling and working class parents who were devout Methodists. Okay. If you don't know what Methodists are, they're a group that are historically influenced and led by Protestant Christianity. Okay. He was a very accomplished sportsman and student. Excelled at a distance runner when he was younger and his final year at school served as a vice captain of the athletics team. He was particularly close to his mother, who unfortunately died of lung cancer when he was 17. Oh, that's a tough age. And that is a really impressionable age to lose your mum. It's not easy, obviously, any age when you're a child, but at that age, you're definitely more aware of what's going on. Yeah, definitely. On the 5th of November, 1966, he married his wife, Primrose. I love that name. Do you like the name Primrose? So, uh, did you watch Hunger Games or read the books? No. Okay, the books are better than the movie, Okay, to be fair. But the youngest sister in that series is called Primrose, but they call her Prim. Aww. It's really See, cute. See, that's quite cute. I like yeah. the nickname. However, the only Primrose I've ever heard of is this woman. And when I think back to seeing images of his wife and how, well, obviously I'll, I'll, I'll tell you the story. 
but I didn't particularly like her when this okay. came out. Yeah. And yeah. And I think if you associate a name with someone, then mm-hmm. it kind of puts you off for life. Yeah, it definitely does. But Prim's quite, it's quite cool. It's really cute, yeah. There's another TV show where someone was called Prim Rose, I think, but I've never watched The Hunger Games and I'd never okay. really heard of it. So they married in 1966 and went on to have four kids. He studied medicine at the University of Leeds, graduating in 1970. Mm-hmm. He began working at a general infirmary in Pontefract, in Yorkshire. 1974 took his first position as a general practitioner and in the following year, he was caught forging prescriptions of pethidine for his own use. Oh. He was fined £600 and briefly attended a drug rehabilitation clinic in York. So that was his first taste of dabbling on the wrong side. I take it that he didn't lose his license? No, because he went on to become a GP. Nice. And have his own practice. That's amazing work. Excellent. So he then became a GP in Hyde near Manchester in 1977. Carried on working as a GP throughout the 80s and established his own surgery at the very famous now 21 Market Street. Mm-hmm. In 1993, where he became a respected member of the community and he was a pillar of the community as well. Which is why at this point, obviously, it was very difficult to understand what he did, what he did. Yes. In 1983, he was interviewed in an edition of the documentary World in Action, which was a quite a big documentary here in the 80s. Okay, it was shown on ITV. It. You probably wouldn't be aware of it. No. But it was like, if you had a panorama on the BBC, it was yeah, kind of yeah, like yeah. the ITV's equivalent of it. And he did a documentary on how the mentally ill should be treated in the community and at this point became much well, much more well-known in his profession. So was he advocating for a mental... Yes. Oh. Yes, and he was a very well-respected member of the community. And well, this was his he's first... A lovely serial GP killer. practice. Mm. Mm. It wasn't until March 1998, so this is five years after he has his own GP surgery, yeah. that suspicions were reported about Dr. Shipman from a colleague that he had, the colleague in his practice had expressed concerns to the coroner of South Manchester about the high death rate amongst Harold's patients. Right, okay. In particular, she was concerned about the large number of cremation forms for elderly women that he needed countersigned. Right. She was countersigning all these forms and obviously didn't question it till later on and went straight to the coroner. Police were unable to find sufficient evidence to bring charges and closed the investigation in April of the same year. Well, it's really hard when people are cremated. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, there's I mean, not much to I, examine. You, you can't exhum bodies. Yeah. They're, not there, they're not there to exhum. Yeah. Later, Greater Manchester Police were blamed for assigning inexperienced officers to the case. Okay. And after the investigation was closed, Harold killed three more people. In August, a taxi driver told the police that he suspected Harold of murdering 21 patients. He became suspicious as many of the elderly customers he took to the hospital, who seemed to be in very good health, died in Harold's care. See, this is the thing, like, I've noticed this because I do patient transport for patients at one of the hospitals in Edinburgh. Mm Mm-hmm. The taxi drivers are hired by the NHS and -hmm. they know their patients. They know everything that's going on because they get to know them really well. They drive them every day, three times a week, four times a Mm -hmm. week. And they become friends and they get to know them as people. It's obviously taxi chat. So you you get like, oh, I've got got this, it's my sons and daughters, like this is wrong with me, that's wrong with me. So they do get to know them and become friends. So they do know, they They do witness everything that's going on. So it's really interesting that he's going to the police. It's good, I'm glad. Harold's... Last victim was Kathleen Grundy, who was found dead at our home on the 24th of June, 1998. Wow. He was the last person to see her alive. He later signed her death certificate recording the cause of death as old age. Mm-hmm. Her daughter, however, was a lawyer and became concerned when she was informed that her will had been changed. Oh. No, her will had been made, sorry. She didn't even know her mum had made a will. Oh, okay. So her will had been made... 
apparently by her mother, but she had doubts about its authenticity. Mm -hmm. The will excluded immediate family and grandchildren, but left £386,000 to Harold Chipman. Oh, sounds legit to me. So that's not suspicious (laughs) at all. Oh my God. That's pretty gallus. Kathleen's daughter went to the police who began an investigation. Her mother's body was exhumed and found to contain traces of diamorphine, often used for pain control in terminal cancer patients. Mm Mm-hmm. Carol claimed that Kathleen had been an addict and showed them comment that he'd written to the effect in his computerised medical journal. However, examination of his computer showed that they were written after her death. <laughs> okay. Kind of going to land yourself in it there. Yeah. He was arrested on the 7th of September 1998 and was found to own a brother typewriter, the same type used to make the forged will. Oh. He's been caught red-handed. Wow. It was suggested that Harold forged the will either because he wanted to be caught because his life was out of control or because he planned to retire at 55 and leave the UK. <laughs> That's quite different choices, yes. isn't it? <laughs> well done, police again. Yeah. The police investigated other deaths. Harold had certified and investigated 15 specimen cases. They discovered a pattern of his administering lethal doses of diamorphine, signing patients' death certificates and then falsifying medical records to indicate they'd been in poor health. Right. There's only 15 that they looked at, though. It was later claimed that statistical monitoring could have led to an alarm being raised at the end of 1996, where there were 67 excess deaths in females aged over 65 years, compared with 119 by 1998. Wow, okay. So this is all very good looking back, but I mean, what, you, you, you ask yourself the question again, why at the time did this just go unnoticed? It's very When it's, it's alarming. Yeah, yeah. His trial began at Preston Crown Court on the 5th of October 1999. He was charged with the murders of 15 women by lethal injections of diamorphine, all between 1995 and 1998. Wow. His legal representatives tried unsuccessfully to have the Kathleen Grundy case tried separately from the others, as a motive was shown by the alleged forgery of her will. Yes. However, the court insisted he would be tried for all cases as a collective. January 2000, at the end of January in 2000, after six days of deliberation, the jury found Harold guilty of 15 counts of murder and one count of forgery. Mm-hmm. The judge subsequently sentenced Harold to life imprisonment on all 15 counts of murder with a recommendation that he never be released yeah. to be served concurrently with a sentence of four years for forging Kathleen's will. Yeah. 11 days after his conviction... He was struck off the medical register by the General Medical Council. I like why, how they waited Why would that happen at the time he was arrested? But why would they wait till he was convicted and then wait another 11 days? days? Like almost two weeks after conviction? Like were they just waiting to like make double sure that he was a murderer? So it suggests like if he was found not guilty, he'd be practicing, doc- a little practicing doctor again. Yeah. Oh my God, that's, that's horrific. Isn't that bizarre? <laughs> he has consistently denied his guilt, disputing the scientific evidence against him. He never made any public statements about his actions and his wife steadfastly maintained her husband's innocence even after his conviction. And I remember distinctly her being on the news defiantly declaring, Mm -hmm. excuse me, that he did not do this. When the evidence is overwhelming... But in she doesn't 15 see cases. that, does she? She sees the psychopath that comes home and puts on a different face. I remember hating her. Yeah. Thinking, how could you stand by him? He's, he's clearly done wrong. He's the only doctor in the history of British medicine found guilty of murdering his patients, still to this day. What about John Christie? Who's that? I don't know. Just hold up. <laughs> Keep <Okay>. talking. <laughs> 
However, Harold hanged himself in his cell at Ugh. HM Prison in Wakefield at 6.20am on the 13th of January 2004. On the eve of his 58th birthday, he was pronounced dead in the morning and a statement from the prison service indicated that he'd hanged himself from the window bars of his cell using his bed sheets. Yeah. After his death, his body was taken to the mortuary in West Yorkshire and the coroner eventually released his body to family after an inquest was opened and adjourned shortly after. Right. Some of the, so how long was he in prison? So two thousand and four. So he only did a couple of years in prison couple before he killed years, himself. Yeah. Some of the victims' families were really angry and felt cheated, as his suicide meant they would never have the satisfaction of a confession, nor answers as to why he committed his crimes. His death divided national newspapers, with some branding him a cold coward and condemning the prison service for allowing his suicide to happen. However, others celebrated and still called for the inquiry into his death to look more widely at the state of UK prisons as well as the welfare of prison inmates. His motive for suicide was never established. Although Guilt. He re- yeah. <laughs> although he'd reportedly told his probation officer that he was considering suicide to assure his wife's financial security after he was stripped of his National Health Service pension. So he's done it for his wife's financial gains, perhaps. How would she gain from his death? She received a full NHS pension... She would not have been entitled to it if he'd lived past the age of 60. Mm. He killed himself on the eve of his 58th birthday. Okay. Additionally, there was evidence that Primrose, who consistently protested her husband's innocence despite overwhelming evidence, had began to suspect his guilt and had refused to take part in courses which would have encouraged acknowledgement of his crimes, leading to a temporary removal of privileges, including the opportunity to telephone his wife. Mm. During the period, according to Harold's cellmate at the time, he received a letter from Primrose saying, tell me everything no matter what. Yeah. A 2005 inquiry found that his suicide could not have been predicted or prevented and that procedures in place, procedures at the time, could nonetheless have been re-examined. Right. His body was released to his family and it remained in Sheffield for more than a year despite false reports about his funeral. Primrose was advised by police after burying her husband Again, spitting her husband, sorry, in case the grave was attacked. Yeah. So she wasn't, they, they strongly advised not to bury him. Yeah. And he was cremated on the 19th of March 2005. The cremation took place outside normal hours to maintain secrecy and was attended only by Primrose and their immediate children. Okay. In January of 2001, a detective from the West Yorkshire Police was selected to lead an investigation into 22 more deaths in Harold's care. Oh. Following this, the Shipman Inquiry submitted in July 2002 concluded that he killed at least 218 of his patients between 1975 and 1998. Isn't that crazy? Most of the victims were elderly women in good health. I mean... That is horrifying. The General Medical Council charged six doctors who signed cremation forms for Harold's victims with misconduct, claiming they should have noticed the pattern between his home visits and the patient's deaths. Yeah. All of these doctors were found not guilty, though, at court. So that's like... what. Between five and seven patients a year, he's killing. Between twenty, between the course over the course of twenty three years. Yeah, and I got all that from Wikipedia. And even though I knew about it, actually seeing the figures in front of me yeah. is more horrifying because I knew crazy. there was a vast number of patients yeah. in the end that they'd found out they killed. Yeah. But by no means did I think it was over two hundred. I mean that is just horrifying. It sounds like his and, wife led a very sheltered life mm-hmm. where he was her world. Mm-hmm. And then when he wasn't there to influence her thinking, mm-hmm. she mm-hmm. slowly started to realise. And I was only like, when this all came out, I was like, 
what, 20, maybe just before I was 20. Mm. And I remember being so interested in it and like reading everything in the paper, the newspapers yeah. about it and wondering, oh my God, he's got to get found guilty for this. And then being so disappointed when he committed suicide because it's like, he should be punished for what he did. But He should be, but at the same time, it saves a lot of money on the taxpayer. So it's kind yeah. of a win-win. But that is Harold. Amazing. And we're back. Good evening again. We are back. I have eaten a whole bag of crisps. Have you? Yeah. It's I not can a small smell bag. them, but I've not noticed it's that you've those, been eating them. Yeah, it's sour cream and onion, so you can probably smell them. They're pretty strong and like stenchy, but I, I do like sour cream and onion. I haven't had a bag of crisps in like God, a year? Seriously? I just so you not, have an ocean for it. No, I'm just not a crisp eater. Like I won't talk to you about the cookies. No, did you go in for fuel? Did you say on the way and you've, you've, you've yeah. just buy the crisps? I bought some crisps and I brought a sandwich. I had the sandwich on in the car. I love how they do temptation snacks in the fuel stations, like right within your line of sight. Well, I was so to, clever at it. There's a there's a services that's brand new. We are. We're witch murderer. We are a witch murderer, but <laughs> we still have to do our conclusion. So you've moved on to the next episode. We still haven't finished. Oh my god! I'm on the next episode. Yeah. Oh, Mel. She's such a pretty, pretty lady. Anyway, yeah, it's it's where the Scottish Owl Centre is. With the way? Owl. Scottish Owl Centre. Where's that? Oh, you've probably never been because you hate oh, owls. Oh, wait a minute. No. Heartlands. Yeah. I, I have, no, I've been to the park. That's at Polkema, is it not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've never been into the that building, but I've been to the park. Okay, there's yeah. a massive new services there. And the Shell Station has this bar in it, but it is huge it's got oh. like a greg's in it it's got like crispy cream it's oh got my god so tempting everything and it's really nice and new and shiny and there's a starbucks and a kfc and a mcdonald's and everything there so i stopped at the I'm gas station drive that way just to look at it oh it's amazing <laughs> amazing anyway yes i got my dinner on the go and yes i've eaten an entire bag of crisps during this episode That's okay. because sometimes you need to i have to and i've realized in the last few weeks that all i want to do is eat yeah Timing's not perfect, <laughs> I will say. And I have been eating. And it wasn't until one of our friends said, oh my God, I need to try on my dress. So all I did is eat. And I thought, oh my God, if I try on my dress and it doesn't fit. Mel, I've never tried on my dress I'm wearing to your wedding. So... Hang on, what? Ever. <laughs> you haven't tried it on? No, I'm going to do it this weekend. And if it doesn't fit, then I'll order something else. But I've unfortunately accessorized it. So I'm kind of fucked. Ha- what? What? <laughs> like, it's... Like 10 days away, 11 days away now. Yeah. So is it just like through fear you've not tried it on? No, it's pure laziness. Oh, you just haven't got around to it? I just haven't gotten around to it. I, I mean, like, I do stuff like that, to be fair, but not probably this close to a wedding. Yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it this weekend. Uh-huh. For sure. Yeah. Mind you, my dad told me today that he's not got his outfit. Oh, Gary doesn't have his top. <laughs> my dad's like, what will I wear? And I'm like, dad, doesn't need to be, you know, it's quite informal in a sense. You don't have to be like all suited and booted about everybody else. Wear something nice. Wear a nice waistcoat. Well, that's what your mum says. And I don't like waistcoats. I'm like, well, why ask me then? I was like, Dad, it'll be really smart on you. And he's like, what's Dave wearing? And what will I, and I was like, oh my God, Dad. But Dave's the groom. You can't base your outfit based on the groom. Oh, no, I think he's just like, um, what are other guys wearing? And I was like, I don't really know. I think Gary's just going to wear some like chinos and a yeah, polo. Nice, nice and smart or something like that. I was yeah. like, it's just like, kind of smart. Um, I said, but someone did threaten to come in shorts and t-shirt and I absolutely said, no, draw the line at that. So but chino shorts are okay. Why is he wearing shorts? 
Scary, yeah, chino uh, shorts. You said that was okay. Is it oh not yeah, okay? yeah, no. Someone said like, um, like Hawaiian shorts, uh-huh. and I was like, no, 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 no absolutely no, no, no. not. It's not no, that no, kind no, of wedding. No, that's fine. No, because the boys are wearing shorts that yeah. are similar to that. Oh, he'll be in the castle with them. But yeah, I was like, it's not like you coming to the beach. It's a wedding. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, I think I think there'll be a few people probably wearing shorts. I think so. Yeah. It's going to be nice. I know. What was the point of a chat? Oh, sorry. I don't know. Why did we go into this? I don't know, but we're yeah, supposed to be you've concluding. Left you, you've left a wedding outfit really late. Yeah. You'll have to cut half of this. So I've, went, I've moved on and we haven't concluded. So what did we just talk about? Harold Shipman. Yeah. And your nurse lady. My nurse lady who was using bleach to kill her patients. Now, that's horrific. However, killing 218 people is horrific. That's not what we're talking about, though. It's not number, it's method. Yes, I know, but he killed a lot of people using the same method of diamorphine. Listen, get off your high horse because... What is going to be more horrific? The bleach is going to be more horrific, isn't it? Of course it is. I would like I read an article be... recently about what bleach does to your insides. Oh, it's bad. And I know you I know you did mention it, yeah. you, go, you go over it, but I remember reading the article going, holy crap. I mean, I knew it was yeah. bad, and I've seen it in certain documentaries, but... It literally geez. makes your... Bre- it, I mean, when it the makes tissue... your insides explode, basically. Kind of. It makes your tissues deteriorate, like basically mm-hmm. like break up. But it's so fast. It's like very it fast. Works. And the article that I was reading was explaining how fast everything will happen. Yeah. And I was just like, holy crap. Yeah, it's bad. It's bad. But also thinking, mm, I could have bleached someone. <laughs> <laughs> I have explained already that you cannot because it is easily traceable. Yes. Uh, I am definitely picking yours because I feel like morphine is a really nice way to die. The old, I had diamorphine, right? And it was in labor. Really? Uh huh. They give you diamorphine in labour when you're in labour, and and when I was reading when I was reading Mengo, it's most commonly used with terminal cancer, but they give you diamorphine in labour. Definitely, oh. it's used. And I, I had it once, and it made me vomit. Oh yeah, no morphine makes me throw up as uh-huh. well. And I had it, I had it with my first child, not with my second. I just said no, I'm not having that. See, I had morphine after my first one because uh-huh. I had a sec. Well, I had two sections mm-hmm. anyway, but and I did throw up. Mm-hmm. But I also had morphine when I had my gallbladder attacks and it sent me to happy la la land, stop breathing, super calm. Oh, so not perhaps not when you're pushing out a child. Yeah. But when you're having an appendix or an appendage removed. Oh. I mean, I had a gallbladder removed, not an appendage, but. <laughs> yes, that's true. <laughs> I think I'm picking yours for sure. I think that would be a really. This sounds horrible and I don't mean it to be, but I think it would be a lovely way to go if you just drift yes. off to sleep at painless. Because yes, essentially it's, it's pain relief, isn't it? It's so pain it's relief. it's going to send you to a better place than bleach would. Oh gosh, yeah. Because bleach gives you a heart attack and heart failure. And basically like that is one of the most painful things you can go through. Yeah. It is like extreme pain. I was explaining to somebody, um, was it my, I think it was, yeah, no, I was, I was talking to a coworker friend that you know. Mm. And I was explaining to her how pain radiates and the reason mm-hmm. it radiates mm-hmm. and the reason that you get the pain in the arm mm-hmm. from a heart attack is because the pain in the heart is so extreme that mm-hmm. the body sends it elsewhere. Yeah. And, and it's, it's the right arm straight away, isn't it? Yeah. That's the first thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, it can be another one or it can be, it can be, it, it can radiate a lot of different ways, but mm-hmm. it's usually the arm. Mm-hmm. And it's usually the right arm. Yeah. But yeah, that's, that would be horrific. So yeah. We're, yeah. we're going to have to go for Harold Shipman. I think I'm going to pick Harold Shipman, which is which crazy. I never thought I'd see. No, but in this case, it's a no-brainer. I think he picked an, a kinder way. I don't think he was in it for the death per se. I think he was in it for gains. Yeah, it sounds like he was in it for financial gain. Yeah, doesn't it? Yeah. But Weird. how how could anyone not understand 
that that you're killing hundreds of people, it's going to be noticed. It's going to be picked up. You're not well, going to get away with it. It took him fucking twenty years to pick up on it. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. Maybe but yes, they won't. Harold Chipman wins. Harold Chipman wins who, the day. Who, who who would have thought we'd say that? Sentences we never thought we'd say. So apologies, listeners. I was straight on to the next episode without <laughs> including. My I'm hilarious. I'm like, where is she I, going I've with not, I can't even blame alcohol because I've not drank alcohol in so long. Well, I'm really not. Actually, I've not. I've not. It's been like a week. No, I've not. I've not. I've not been drinking for a while now. It's been a week. How? How has it been a week? Because pre-steg, you went out to the pub. Oh, so I did. <laughs> and they made me. She's having blackouts now. She doesn't remember. No, but I only had a couple. I only. I genuinely had like two or three, and then went home. Did you? I've not had anything more substantial since the hen, probably. Wow, yeah. Which says it all, really. It does, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, I went out with well, I went out with the pre-stags. I went for one with Dave and a couple of his friends, and I was like, I can't hang around with you because it's your stag weekend, and they were like, no, but it's not officially stag till tomorrow. Yeah. So just stay out, and I was like, no. And then more of them kept appearing, and I was like, I'm going home. No, just stay out. They were all saying, I was like, no. You're all boys. You just go and have a good time yeah. and I'll go home. They were all lovely. They were great fun, actually. But yes, and then they went on and had a lovely weekend. Yes, they did. And we both survived our hen and stags. Woo! Good job. So yeah, we're done. We are. We're done with Angels of Death. Thank you very much, Cheryl. That was tremendous. That was a good one. Yeah. And I don't know why I got appendix and appendage mixed up. Eh, you know. I also wasn't talking about either. <laughs> it was my gallbladder. I know. Why did I go? You said gallbladder and I went for appendix. Uh, appendage, yeah. I, no, but apparently, apparently your appendix is very similar to a gallbladder, as in it's not necessary. You can live without it. Uh, well, yeah, I've had both removed. So why do we have these things if we don't need them? The appendix does have a small function and it is more of a throwback to yeah. when we probably didn't need it uh-huh. further back in history. Your gallbladder actually helps regulate the bile from your pancreas. But you can live without it. But you can live without it. You just have constant... I think that's why I went appendix. Explosive poopies. Yes. The joys of life. Yes. And we're done and thank you for listening. Yes, thank you guys. And we shall see you next. Well, we should... Uh, why do we always say see when we, we don't... Well, I don't know why you're saying we. <laughs> you. Always say we. Do I always say we? We'll see you. Yes. But bye. we won't see you. <laughs> I was just about to say something else and I just went, okay, bye. Okay, bye. Love you, bye. Bye. <laughs> Witch Murderer is hosted by Spreaker and is recorded in a secret location in Scotland. You can find us wherever you listen to your podcasts. Email us at witchmurderer at gmail.com or visit our website at witchmurderer.com. We are also on Instagram, Reddit and Twitter. Just look for the at witchmurderer account or hashtag. You can join the debate on our Facebook page and group interacting with other listeners or the Witch Murderer team. Our theme music is Kill Me Again by Bluebend. Our artwork was produced by Wild Creations at Fiverr.com. <laughs>